0: What's going on everyone? Welcome to our first Buffalo Bills podcast of the season brought to you by TipletTower.com. I'm Crystal Kranitz and joining me throughout most of the season is gonna be Tristan Garnett. We're gonna take you through everything Buffalo Bills throughout the season here. Tristan, how you doing
1: man? Good Chris. Glad to be here for the first uh, Bills podcast. Ready to get started. Glad the season's back. Can't wait to get into it.
0: Man, I cannot wait for football to come back. The Hall of Fame game getting canceled last week was a bit of a tease. I just felt like somebody, it felt like Christmas morning, and you get down there and they go, yeah, Christmas is canceled. That's really what it felt like for me.
1: Yeah, honestly, like, um, you know, football fans, we've been waiting for so long. You know, Super Bowl was back in February. You know, everybody's pumped, and then, you know, just get that game stripped away from you. But luckily, you don't have to wait too long. We got the first game coming up against the Indianapolis Colts coming up this weekend. So just ready for it, man. I'm pumped.
0: Same here. There's a lot to talk about with the Buffalo Bills. Um, On today's podcast, we're going to go through training camp injuries. Obviously, that's headlined a lot of what's happening around the Bills. Uh, We're going to share some of our thoughts from the first 11 days of camp. Sammy Watkins, there's lots to talk about him this year with his foot and hopefully him taking that next step forward. And we're going to dip into the bit of the Bills receiver and running backs group. We're going to start off, though, with the obvious elephant in the room here. It's the injuries. You got Shaq Lawson, the first pick, who was already out. He's out till projected week eight. Then you get the bad news of Reggie Raglan. They thought it was a partial ACL tear. Turns out it's a full ACL tear. He's done for the year. Then you get Cordy Glenn with a high ankle sprain, likely out for training camp. Then you get Greg Salas banged up. Then on Thursday night, you get Desmond Lewis and Aaron Williams bumping heads, and it looks like Aaron Williams is probably out of the concussion. And then to top it all off, on the one-year anniversary, I.K. N.M.K. NMK Paule punches Cyrus Quanjo, a Bama guy, and basically celebrates the one-year anniversary of him breaking Geno Smith's jaw with what he did last year. It's kind of a mess, man. I mean, what do you make of
1: all these injuries, Tristan? What's going on? Um, You know, well, first and foremost, like, the big one, like, we already knew about Shaq Lawson. Like, that happened early on. But, like, Reggie Ragland, like, that's just a tough pill to swallow. You know, he got injured on a non-contact play, really just a fluke play. Here's a guy, you know, you're expecting just really big things to um, to come in and do for the Bills. You know, he's going to be that run stopper. Rex thinks he, he's a, he's a three-down guy. You know, um, as GM Doug Whaley said, like, between him and Lawson, these were going to be guys that come in and they're going to make plays right off the bus. So that was – to me, that's that was the biggest one. You know, definitely that was a big sting for the team. So I got to
0: agree with you on the Reggie Ragland thing. It's really disappointing. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bama fan and I, I love to see these guys contribute – but now I've heard some chatter about how fans and other people, especially around Twitter and Reddit and everything, you, you read, you, you know, football season's draw near, so you go searching for information. A lot of people are saying now that it might not be a bad thing, there might be a silver lining in this injury, because you're going to get guys like Brandon Spikes, David Hawthorne, and Zach Brown who are going to play a lot more, and because they're veterans, I've heard people say this might minimize the rookie mistakes, although I don't think Reggie is prone to making those. Do you
1: agree with that at all, that message that people are saying that, you know, it might not be the worst case scenario? Well, definitely, you know, when you have veterans, um, they've been around a long time, they know what they're doing. So, I mean, that is going to minimize uh, some of the mistakes. But at the same time, like, you know, as as Rex said, like, Reggie Raglan is a rare talent. You know, here's a guy that they picked up in the second round, but he really should have probably gone in the first round. Like, he has that type of talent. You know, <clears throat> just gets in there, stops the run, plays all three downs. So, I mean, definitely it's great to be able to rely on those veterans, but I, I don't see how they're not going to miss Reggie Raglan, you know, getting there and, you know, stopping things in the middle. So
0: Does this put more pressure on Preston Brown now? I know last year he was pretty much given the leadership role of the defense, especially within the front seven there. He was basically the man calling the plays. Does this not only enhance his role now but raise expectations?
1: Definitely it uh, enhances his role, and um, I guess it, it would to – Um, enhance the expectations like I mean Reggie Raglin was penciled in as a starter again based on where he was drafted the type of talent that he is so Preston Brown now can use this as fuel and say you know what here I am you know I'm a a guy who's been around here for a while you know I know the system I've been here you know so I think he should use that as fire and uh, he should use that to motivate him and um, definitely just step his game up you know and you know just when Reggie comes back at least make it somewhat of a competition or you know just not maybe a slam dunk so
0: let's slide over to the offense and talk about the receivers who seem to be dropping like flies as well Sammy Watkins had the offseason surgery he's slowly working his way back he's looking better and better actually taking part in 11 on 11 team drills then you got guys like Greg Silas and Desmond Lewis are both vying for that number three spot both injured now um I don't know what to really say about all these injuries because I don't know how they all just keep happening. It's kind of weird how the Bills and even the Patriots to a certain extent are just getting drilled with injuries. Do you think this is going to affect the race for the number three wide receiver now? Does this open up the opportunity for Marquise Goodwin to kind of
1: take over that spot? Definitely. And Marquise Goodwin's been a guy who's been here for you know a few years now. Um, again, he's, he's got a little bit of experience. He has that speed. So definitely when guys are injured, you know, this is your opportunity to step up. You know, he's gonna be able to make plays while uh Des Lewis is sidelined, while Salas is sidelined. Um Greg Little is also a name to uh keep an eye on. He's a guy that was selected in the second round a few years ago. He's a bigger receiver compared to some of the some of the other receivers that uh the Bills have. And, you know, he's been noted that he's made it he's made some spectacular catches so far. Uh, during training camp, so Greg Little is also a, another name I would keep an eye on, as well as Marquise Goodwin for that third wide receiver position. I'm
0: happy you brought up Greg Little because he was obviously a player that was highly touted coming out of UNC. Yeah. But drops, yeah. drops have killed this guy during his career. Yeah. And uh on Wednesday at Bills camp, they were saying that he was suffering the drops again, and Rex and Greg Roman were getting really pissed off with that. I don't know what it is for him, but if he could ever overcome that, maybe he could lock down that fourth or fifth spot for the receivers.
1: Yeah, definitely. And again, when you when you have that, that reputation going for you, you know, you've got to get rid of those kiss of the drops very quickly. You know, that's something you got to eliminate, you know, look the ball in, come down with the catch. But again, I think with his height, because I think that's a big thing with the Bills. Like they they're not the biggest at the wide receiver position. Like I know Des would also be a, a nice guy if they can if he can uh, be that third spot just because he's about six, four. know, Greg Little is, again, taller, six, two plus. So again, I think because when it comes to wide receiver, you like to have some variety, right? It's good to have yep. the small, quick guys, but you definitely want some guys that are a little bit bigger, physical, you know, especially down in the red zone too. So I was just gonna say that because the Bills struggles in the red zones last year,
0: <laughs> it was it was bad. Yeah, there's no way around it, and not having a guy like a Des Lewis or even a Greg Little for that matter, just You may not have to throw the fade, but if they get one-on-one coverage out there and you throw it once in a while, you're making the D at least respect it. And nobody was respecting the Bills on the boundary at all last year. They basically knew that they're going to try and run it down their throat or get Tyrod to make an improv play, and they just stuffed the box and said beat us. There's a lot of threes last year. Speaking of Tyrod, though, he gave the Bills a big scare in camp on Tuesday when he uh, hurled a defender and landed in the end zone kind of awkwardly.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: And they were worried that he hurt his back and his head or his neck. They couldn't tell what it was, but he got up walking gingerly and... Obviously, everybody was really upset about that. Rex was pissed, rightfully so, because it's practice, it's training camp. So I know Tyrod wants to make plays, but he's got to kind of understand his value. How worried are you about him being injury prone this year? I hate throwing that word around there, but given the way he plays, is it a concern?
1: Definitely it's a concern. Like, the way he plays, he's going to run. He's an improv runner. Like, you know, so you're, as a Bills fan, you're kind of always holding your breath. Anytime, you know, he he looks off the receiver, he doesn't go through all his reads and he just sets in his mind that he's going to run again, too, because Tyrod is not Cam Newton. And I mean, in terms of like the physique, like Tyrod <laughs> is what, maybe six feet at best um, in yeah. terms of weight, what, 210 to like 215 max. Like he he doesn't have. Yeah, the...
0: I think like that's generous. Yeah.
1: And that is being generous. You know, he just doesn't have the physique to take those big hits. So I, I think this year with Tyrod, because he, he missed time last year, right? Because he took some hits. Yeah, uh, he had a yes. yeah, so I think definitely what he's got to do, what he's got to work on, or I, what I'd like to see for him this season is protecting yourself, you know, a la Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's really good at this, you know, knowing when to slide, knowing when to get out of bounds, you know, because this team goes with Tyrod, and, you know, he's got to play a full 16 games if uh, the Bills are going to make it back to the postseason this year.
0: I think it makes for a nice little segue here when you brought up how Tyrod needs to slide and do a lot of things to take care of himself. Yep. We'll get into, like, notes about training camp. And one of the things that really stood out for me is that they've been using a lot more quarterback draws and keepers in their red zone package. Now, obviously, this is going to directly affect Tyrod because that's you're going to get more hits if he's going to do that. Yep. But they've been bringing in a lot more of Cardell Jones and E.J. Manuel. We've seen 12-gauge, what he can do at the college level when on draws and keepers. Yeah. Maybe the Bills relieve some pressure from Tyrod by bringing in
1: Cardell in the red zone. I definitely, I think it makes it makes sense. Like again, um, you mentioned what he did in college. Like when you're at when you're in the goal line situations, you know, with that big body, why not use Cardell on the quarterback sneak? You know, why not have him in the gun, fake the run, and give him the option to run it in? And then he also has that arm; he can he can hit a tight end on the flat. He can hit, you know, somebody running the corner, or fade, whatever it is. So I definitely think they should make use of uh, Cardell's size because he's a he's a freak at that position, right? Like six five, two fifty. Got to take advantage yep. of that. So
0: yeah, he's six. He is six five, two fifty. Yep. I don't know about the whole uh, depending on that though in the package. I mean, I know they're trying to get creative. Obviously, Greg yeah. Roman's notorious for running. We saw in San Fran, he ran a lot of traps, a lot of yeah. misdirection, a lot of different things to kind of create zone blocking schemes that allows the linemen to have success. Um, I don't know what else they can add in the red zone and how comfortable players would be coming out. Like, we've seen a lot of times where guys, quarterbacks especially, do not like coming out. Yeah. So I don't know how that would ruin, you know, maybe Tyrod's chemistry with certain guys or his flow of the offense. It's just just something I found interesting.
1: What about Charles Clay? Like, why don't we see more of Charles Clay when they get down in the goal line? Like, I mean, he's, he's he's a dependable tight end. I don't know why they don't use him more down in the goal line.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why either. It it it's puzzling to me because I felt like he was a guy that we were gonna see a lot of. He was a big piece for them signing last year in the offseason. Yep. Um we obviously saw in Miami he he racked up touchdowns. Yep. He had a career year.
1: Yeah.
0: And considering how heavy of an offense the play action is, exactly. Like
1: I, I don't understand why he didn't work. Yeah. And again, you you mentioned the play action, you know, you get a good fake, you get him, you know, against a linebacker, you know, I'll take that matchup every time with Charles Clay. You know, he's sneaky fast. And he also has that size, so definitely I think they should try to use him more down in the red zone this year. I think we will see that
0: more. Maybe we're we're like kind of foreshadowing something here, especially with uh, if they're going to incorporate more more red zone offense, that's going to involve the shotgun. Yeah, when it makes sense to kind of you know fake the read, and then you'll get the backside play action, or you can even get I don't know, you can get one on one matchups like we were just saying. Um, there's a lot of different things they can do, so I'm kind of hoping that'll work. Yeah, or maybe even I'd love to see him bring back the shovel pass that he would do at times in. Um, San Francisco, Greg Roman would do it at times with either a Delaney Walker or even a um, Vernon Davis. Yeah. When they were doing that, I mean, it's different. It does. He didn't do it a lot, but it was something to keep them honest. Even if he did it like a little flip pass to Reggie Bush. Yeah. I know he's there now. Yeah. Just things like that to kind of mix it up and keep the honest because they had a hard
1: time scoring points last year in the red zone. Yeah. So definitely you got to get a little bit more creative. So that's definitely something I could see work just because, again, like Tyrod is so imposing back then, back there. Uh, he's always a threat to take off right I, I would just be a little bit weary though because again in the goal line you know everything's condensed and then I go back to his small little frame I don't know yeah man. I can worry about that <laughs> <He might be laughs> into some big hits but it, it could work you know Greg Rome is creative so I, I think he could probably design it some way and maybe protect Tyrod right at the same time so I don't know it'd be interesting to see though for sure
0: what do you make of the offensive struggles as a whole right now? They've had some issues moving the football in 11-on-11 and even 7 on seventeen drills. drills. Um, to the surprise of no one, E.J. Manuel has been noted for hitting the check down too much right now. I don't think that surprises anybody.
1: No, that goes back to his days at Florida State. Like, he's a he's a check down type of guy. Like, you know, he he loves the short game. You know, it's 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 always so hard to get him to throw the ball down the field. So that's definitely not a surprise to hear E.J. EJ's still doing that, so.
0: So I guess we can kind of you know scratch off EJ Manuel. I, I feel like Bills fans have already written him off, and Doug Whaley just doesn't want to give up because he was a first round pick for him, and he invests a lot. Yeah, but this and offensive Whaley, struggles Whaley with a Called
1: Till. him what the the best backup quarterback in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he did say that. <laughs> so that was a heavy investment on his part. Yeah, no, I I think EJ like again with EJ we know what we're gonna get right. Like we we've seen the best of EJ Manuel. I think we know what to expect from him. But I wouldn't completely scratch him off too, just because again we were talking before about Tyrod, um, his size, how he likes to run. Like with Tyrod, it's you know it's no guarantee that he's gonna play every single game, and you know Cardell Jones is very raw. So you know you at least want EJ to be well prepared to take over this offense if it, it comes to that, which it very well could. So.
0: Totally agree, and I feel like the thing with uh, Cardell is. He's got the big arm. Yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah, got to- but everything else in between we haven't really seen because at Ohio State he got beat out. Yeah, the last time he was really a true bonafide fide starter was at Glenville High School, yep. and he's a legend there. But at the same time, yeah, you know, you haven't seen much. Actually, Fork Union Military, he was pretty damn good there too. So, yeah, I I don't know. I feel like EJ has been really disappointing, and I think that's kind of a thorn in the side of Bills fans because yep. it's frustrating. Yeah, because he never took that step forward. So. What do you make of the offensive struggles, though? I mean, as a whole, like, things aren't looking too great in camp. I think that more be attested towards health. They're not as healthy. The line is, but, you know, everybody else isn't.
1: Yeah, everybody else is. Like, I know with Sammy, you know, he's still getting used to some things. We mentioned how um, some of the secondary receivers, they've been banged up. But, too, just going with Tyrod's style, like, I feel like Tyrod is kind of like Allen Iverson. Like, he's not a practice guy. Like, you see the best of Tyrod on game day when he can improv, you know, where there's not everything is uh, not everything is scheduled like how it is in, in training camp, right? Like, guys have to kind of let up, you know, they're not really trying to come at him. Like, I feel like Tyrod's at his best where he can just be him and the instincts take over. So that's not necessarily something you can replicate in practice, I think. So it doesn't really surprise me that they're struggling early. You know, it's it's the beginning beginnings of camp, but it it is also disappointing at the same time because, again, starting with Tyrod Taylor, he's the leader of this offense, and this is his second year working under uh, Greg Roman. So you kind of wish he would have taken that that step and been further along by this point. So,
0: well, Greg Roman's calling him a franchise quarterback <laughs> throughout this training camp.
1: So yeah, he's got to be pleased with what he's seeing. Yeah, and I, I'm sure Tyrod appreciates that. You know, because he wants that new contract. So. Oh, sure. hell yeah. His agent loves that yeah. chip. It's a good bargaining chip right there. <laughs> he'll take that every time being called the franchise quarterback. He just wants to be paid now like one. So. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah, the two-year $30 million bridge deal is uh, – I think he's happy with it, but I don't think he's like thrilled. I think he, you know, he's still singing for his supper per se. For sure. <laughs> so the Bills released their depth chart yep. two days ago as well. Yep. Anything stand out for me from there? I mean I feel like the offense is pretty straightforward. There wasn't really any surprises there, but defensively there was a couple of surprises.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like uh what we were talking about, um we were talking about uh Darby moving up to uh the second corner. Um the Bills are showing a lot of faith in him. They think he can anchor his side of uh his side there at, at corner. But uh that third string position, like right now we have penciled in uh we have uh we have Roby there, Mikel Roby there, but I mean that that's pretty open, right? Um, they've added some other guys they have some young talent so anything can happen that's definitely a position to watch that uh third cornerback nickel corner position so
0: yeah I could see Kevon Seymour and Corey White both kind of working in the rotation eventually
1: yeah and with Seymour, like you have so much value like that's a guy you picked in the sixth round and early in OTAs here he was taking first string reps you know so they're definitely getting way out of him way more out of him than they expected so
0: Yeah, they definitely needed that. They're going to have to. uh, On the D-line, though, I mean, Adolphus Washington,
1: pretty big move there to be the starting DN. Yeah, for sure. Um, But he's a guy that's coming from Ohio State. Um, He's well-coached. He's a big body. So definitely I can see why they like him. Um, Definitely you're hoping that he can kind of just set the edge there, force everything inside. So for sure I can see why they like him, no doubt.
0: Me too. I think he could be like a Chris Canty type role where he's, he's not going to show up on the stat sheet, yeah. but he's going to be a guy that controls gaps, can play three and five technique. Five might be stretching it a bit, but he's capable of playing a variety of positions along the line. Yeah. And even if he needs to sub in his reserves, like I know Corbin Bryant and Jarrell Worthy are the backups for Kyle Williams and Marcel Darius, yeah. but having seen the way Rex Ryan runs defensive lines in the past, I think we're going to see all these guys get worked in.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, As you mentioned with Rex, that's something he's done in the past. Um, he loves his defensive linemen. He loves bringing the rush. So the more capable bodies you have in there at the disposal, like I definitely think that's that's Rex's calling card, and we'll see that this season. So
0: One final thing with the depth chart that I noticed as well was with Raglan out, Zach Brown is obviously expected to be the starter. Uh, Rex said could even be a three-down back, which I find a bit generous, but you never know. Randell Johnson is Preston Brown's backup, and the battle between him and Brandon Spikes and David Hawthorne for that
1: Back up to Zach Brown, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, it is because with Spikes again, um, you have a guy who's been around the league for a while. He's been in different places. Like he's played with uh, the New England Patriots, so he definitely he's been on um, some very good teams. He's experienced, and he also knows the Bills. He's played with the Bills before, so he's definitely a name to keep on. He's definitely a name to keep an eye on for sure. I wouldn't rule him out in um, you know making a leap in the depth chart there, even though he just signed. So.
0: It does sound like that year-off football kind of humbled him as well. I think he's appreciated the game a
1: little bit more. For sure, you know, that will do that. You know, when your livelihood's taken away for a year, and again, for, for these guys that are playing football, you know, they've been playing since they're young, you know, football's really all they know. So for sure, if you, you've been missing for a year, you know, you're going to come back humbled, you're going to come back hungry, and do whatever you can to, uh, you know, get back your spot and make an impact.
0: Shifting back to the offense, cause I feel like we've covered... Everything that there is with the depth chart, it's it's kind of straightforward in the sense where there's not many surprises aside from the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Like, Oh, actually, there was one more thing that I missed. It was the um, kick return, punt return. Yeah. Reg, Reggie Bush.
1: Good old Reggie Bush.
0: <laughs> like eight games or more this year? I mean, <laughs> can we get that?
1: I mean, that's what you'd want to hope for, right? But, I mean, you know, the, the pessimist in me just says, I don't know but if he can stay healthy, you know, like he's just so dynamic, you know, you've seen the plays he's made in practice. You know, he's made some spectacular plays. The speed's still there at 31 even though he's had the injuries, so man, if he can stay healthy. You know, that's I'll just leave it at that. If he can stay healthy.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing at least one big Reggie Bush magic play where he just busts out on a long punt return and takes it to the house. Like I'd be happy with that if he just pulled one of those this season.
1: Yeah, for sure you know cuz I, I feel like in the return game too like that's that's somewhere that the bills need so much help in you know because yep. again marquise goodwin he hasn't always lived up um, he hasn't always lived up to expectations right he came in as a speed guy he, he came in as a guy they were hoping would give them that dynamic in the return game and he hasn't really provided that so hopefully reggie can provide a different dynamic and add a spark to the return game
0: yeah it's kind of weird how marquise has never really worked out he just hasn't been able to grasp football yeah Maybe texas you made some big plays here and there yeah but you thought with his speed special teams would be awesome for him right yeah. and it just hasn't worked out that way
1: and it's interesting you say that uh he hasn't been able to grasp football like he was quoted as saying um this offseason that uh you know if it was up to him like you know track would have been his his main sport like he loves track so with all that said and he was trying to make the Olympics this year it'll be interesting to see you know how he comes back to football having trained so hard for track and kind of putting football on the back burner for a bit.
0: Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that scouts would like to describe as uh he loves fo- he likes football, he doesn't love football. Exactly. And I know that that burns people the wrong way, but maybe that might be why he hasn't worked out as well cuz he's always had a love for track and just a like for football.
1: Yeah. Um just going back to the running backs, one one other thing we mentioned um in terms of the depth chart, so right now you got McCoy at one, you've got Bush penciled in at the two. How much do you think we're gonna? Oh, the, the Bills are gonna miss Carlos Williams in the running game. I
0: think they're gonna miss him quite a bit. I, he's got to get his weight under control. Yeah. He's got to get back playing. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that already at such a young age yeah. for him. Stay the hell out of Golden Corral. They don't even have one in Buffalo, man. Like. <laughs> Come on.
1: Yeah. and you know, I feel yeah. like they're going to miss him, though. Like He's a good pass blocker. He's really underrated. Yeah, and see, the thing that's so interesting to me is, like, with Carlos Williams and LaShawn McCoy, you kind of have a thunder and lightning kind of aspect to it. <laughs> you know, with Reggie Bush and McCoy, like, to me, they're pretty much the same type of guy. Like, Reggie's he's a little bit more versatile in the sense that, like, you can kind of line him up a receiver, and he can run routes. I don't know if they'll do that with him, but early on in his career, we've seen that. We've seen that in college, but at least with Williams, you know, especially when you get down to the goal line, you have that that thunder, that, you know, that, that back that can, you know, run it strong between the tackles and pound it in there. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the goal line rushing game is affected by his absence.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be curious as to who they want to slot in there. Maybe we'll see more Jerome Felton or we'll see maybe even... Dare I say Glenn Gronkowski get some carries? I feel like that's a huge stretch, but Yeah.
1: It is. I think they want they want to see Glenn more, you know, first and foremost be that blocking back. And then he's also too gonna have to make um he's gonna have to make some plays in the the receiving game, I think. But um just in terms of, you know, guys to keep an eye on. You know, because for this first preseason game, Rex has said that McCoy may or may not play. So if he does play, it'll be very limited. I know Reggie Bush is out. So one guy that I'll be keeping my eyes on is James Wilder Jr. Um, He's a Florida State guy. You know, he's big, yeah, big back. He's what, about 6'1, 232. And he's sneaky fast. And he loves contact. So again, just mentioning, just changing up that dynamic. Because with McCoy, you have that guy that can run in space, that shifty guy. You know, it'll be interesting to see James pound it, because that's what he loves to do, get contact and just hit people. So,
0: Another guy that like that is uh, Mike Gillisley. Yeah. He did a lot of Florida, turned his legs a ton under um, under Will Muschamp's offense there, which was pretty much ground and pound the whole time. But we saw at spurts between the Dolphins and the Bills where this guy can really, you know, pound the rock a bit.
1: Yeah, and in the carries that he did have last year, like, he was pretty explosive. Like, he had a, what, a 60-yard return, he had a a forty yard one. Like he had a lot of big plays last year. So, and um, the limited carries that he did have. So,
0: another guy that I think could, you know, if he pans out and gets his shit together, would be uh, Jonathan Williams yeah. from Arkansas. Like he's a big body too. He did really well there, but can he, you know, keep out of trouble off the field?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's to be determined. Um, he what he is being mentored um, by the great Thurman Thomas. Like uh, they've been out, they've had dinner together and he's kind of, you know, showing him the ropes. Maybe he needs to speak to him a little bit more and tell him, you know, kind of stick out, stay out of trouble. But then definitely, definitely if you got, you know, a legend like Thurman Thomas behind you, guiding you, you know, you think at some point he's going to be able to probably ride his ship. And again, too, like you mentioned, his size are like 5'11", 220, 225. Again, that's a pretty good size for a running back, too. So he's definitely got some uh, some good physical size to him, too.
0: Yeah, he's a bruiser, man. I think between him, Gillisley, Lee, Boom Heron, I feel like one of those three guys will probably be a part of the first cut. Yeah. Just based on that, the, the position, there's a lot of players there. Yeah. But there's a great opportunity for one of them to secure a third running back job.
1: For sure. Like, again, with, with Carlos Williams, you know, again, um, being suspended for what he's being suspended for, you know, it definitely has opened up, you know, opportunities for those guys, so. And two, just, you know, knowing that Greg Roman, he loves to run the ball. Like, you know, you can never have too many good quality running backs in the rotation, right?
0: Totally agree, especially because they're going to take a pounding.
1: And they were, what, the number one rushing offense last year, too. So they'll be looking to repeat that. So you need more bodies to, to keep up with that.
0: Hey, if Shady's taking football as serious as he says he is this off season, yep. I think he'll be a
1: huge boost for
0: the rushing game because we didn't really see Lashawn McCoy at the Lashawn McCoy
1: level last year. Exactly, and it's so interesting too because again with Tyrod, like Tyrod just being the threat that he is, like he can kind of open up holes and you kind of get uh you kind of get the option game going. You know that should open up stuff for McCoy, give him more space. He's really shifty in space, so that could be really interesting. That uh, that one-two with Tyrod and LeSean McCoy back
0: there. So, yeah, I'd be happy to see that. Another guy that's shifty is obviously Sammy Watkins. Yep. Obviously, his foot has been an issue this off season. Yep. Health, he says, is the most important thing to him having a successful season. He's discussed how he's changed up his route running a bit. He mentioned that to Chris Brown at the Buffalo dot com, mm-hmm. and he said he was kind of worried that if he could maintain being the same dynamic player he is, because he's changing his routes. He said he's not like overly worried, but it's still in the back of his mind. What do you make of that?
1: Well, it's interesting, you know, to change this up, you know, going into to your third season, you know, you're making a change like that. I don't think it's it's a massive change, you know, changing up his routes. Like we'll see how that affects him. But I mean, if he feels like that's going to push him over the edge, you know, get him more open, because again, with with Sammy, he's kind of hovered around the sixty receptions range per year so that's not that's not like that's his and not his fault at the same time so if he feels like you know if he can change up the patterns and he can get open a little bit more you know maybe we'll see him you know increase those receptions you know get it to maybe you know a 75 or 80 plus this year so because he's always open right
0: <laughs> yeah so like any receiver right yeah for sure
1: they're all divas <laughs>
0: I had a chance to speak with Sammy when he was here in Toronto before he uh, left for training camp at North by Northeast event. I'll play that right now, let you guys hear what we talked about. Um, A lot of basically just like basic football stuff. This is before he was working out. He was just beginning his rehab, getting back into running and everything. So we talked a bit about Desmond Lewis, the locker room dynamic, and how he feels that he can become that next level player. So here's me talking with Sammy Watkins. So I'm just going to ask you first off, how your foot's feeling and everything like that?
2: How's rehab going? Uh, rehab is going pretty good. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm walking, I'm doing a little bit more um, movement on it. And um, I mean, it's all about getting healthy. I think once I'm healthy, I'll be fine. I and mean, I'll be there the whole summer, working out, um, getting back right. Um, I think it'll help my season.
0: Last year was a big year for Terod Taylor. You guys really hit it off down on the second half of the season. How's the chemistry going, and how are you and him uh, bonding throughout this uh, offseason?
2: Um, honestly, he's he's gonna do well. Um, he's a he's a professional, first of all. You know, now he's becoming a leader. He's taking full control over of the offense, and um, he's been outstanding this whole camp. I mean, he's been throwing balls and making plays this whole camp, and. Um, you don't see too many, like last year, you don't see too many interceptions out of him. He's going to play well. He's going to make the smart plays. He's going to put us in the best situations um, with the audibles. He's going he's gonna to put everybody in the right place, so um, he, he definitely knows his job.
0: How's uh, Desmond Lewis progressing? He's had a real strong OTA so far. From what you've seen, how's he coming along?
2: Um, He's hungry. Um, I thank Ben for being a fifth-round pick and... Um, not having the best training camp last year, not being the best he um, should have been um, last year, he, he took his whole offseason to actually um, work on what he needed to work on, and um, that's the biggest jump I've ever seen anybody from a, a year span. I mean, from last year, he's not to this year, he's a totally different guy, mindset, route running, um, releases. Um, he got a chance to actually um, help us on the team.
0: I know in the locker room for you guys, you got a lot of ACC dudes, yeah. specifically a lot of Florida State yeah. guys, and you got a lot of Alabama guys. You're a Clemson guy yourself. How's that work in the locker room when you're surrounded by Florida State and Alabama guys for the most part?
2: Um, it's all love, you know what I mean? We beat them this year, so <laughs> so we're good. And, um, the only person that we let slip by is Alabama, and um, hopefully we see them again this year. But Florida State, um, we hopefully we've got their number right now. Hopefully we beat right them now, for the yeah. next three or four years, and then they'll stop talking. What's going on with Taj? Is Taj ever going to get a shot back in the league?
0: I know you guys were
2: real tight in college, you,
0: him, and DeAndre. Is he going to get another shot at all, you think? Um,
2: all, right now, I know he's in the CFL. He's, I mean, he's playing pretty good. Um, last year, he had a good season. This year, um, he's he's, um, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he's, he's capable of doing anything he put his mind to. Um, I think that's for anybody. Um, I think for him, it's just getting that opportunity and the shot. Um, the NFL is so hard um, on quarterbacks. Um, so hopefully he get that shot, and um, once he, when he get it, he take advantage of it. Being uh, one of the best receivers
0: under 25, a lot of people group you, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, all those guys together. What's the next step you have to take in your game to kind of uh, put yourself atop that group?
2: Um, really, just um, staying healthy. That's my, been my biggest, um, the biggest odd against me. Um, I haven't been healthy throughout the whole season. I think if I stay healthy, um, I can be that $1, 15, 1600 out. 1,500 yards, 1,600-yard guy. I mean, it's not – playing 17 games, it's not easy. It's not hard to get 1,600 yards. So um, I think there's really – I need to stay healthy through a whole season um, and finish the season I'll be fine.
0: I noticed with uh, Greg Roman, him coming in there, it's supposed to be a lot of ground and pound, but the way he's been utilizing you, it's been a lot of deep ball. You know, you've been a nine-row guy. Your average depth perception is like 19 yards per catch. Is, is that what he wants you to do in the offense or is he kind of going to utilize you more this year in um... – Kind
2: of like in a, a role you were in, in Clemson where you were you lined up all over the field, you were utilized out of the slot. Are we gonna see more of that this year? Um, hopefully. Um, I mean, I did, I, I, I handled it well against the Jets my last game, they moved yeah. around me everywhere. Um, and I I enjoyed it. Um, they couldn't do too many things. Um, I knew a new zone coverage, I knew what it was in because they motioned me. I get to see a guy don't follow me, do he follow me? So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he utilized me a little bit more um, with moving around, but also. I'm gonna be backside a lot too. I mean, it just create matchup problems, and um, it just depends on what type of game it is. Um, each week is different. Uh, my role is different each week, so it's not really about the yards or, or the stats. Uh, for me, it's really about helping the team out um, when they need need to be helped, and if that's calling my number on a fourth down and ten. Um, I gotta make that play. Do
0: you enjoy window shopping more, or getting a guy one on one on the boundary? Uh, honestly. So I've seen you window shop a few safeties out there, and it's just been it's been pretty lethal.
2: I really get a guy one on one pounder. I, I take the eyes. I take I take my bet honestly. One on one coverage is what a receiver pray for every play, and um, to get it is good because you don't get it that often. You might get different thousand coverage or double coverage. So for me, I love to see one on one coverage, and know for a fact it's one on one.
0: Aside from Joel Revis, who's your favorite guy to go one on one with?
2: Um, The guys I go and practice with, honestly, um, Steph and and Darv, I I consider those guys um, to be elite. Um, If you look at the numbers that they got in the passing race that they have on themselves, um, it's top five in the league. So, I mean, us being in Buffalo, that's where you kind of get that stigma of them not being the best, and we're now on TV. But if you look at the numbers... those are guys I love to compete with, and it helps me with the Darrell Revis and the, hopefully this year Richard Sherman and everybody else.
0: How's Steph handling like, the contract dispute right now, all that? Is the team handling that well for the most part from what you've seen?
2: Um, I don't know how he's handling but, I mean, the eyes are in his favor. Yeah. I mean, he's playing, he's been playing well. He's top five DP in the league right now. He's been doing his thing, so, I mean, as an athlete, I mean, you got to get what you deserve, and um, I think he deserves whatever he's telling them. It's 85 is 85. <laughs> 100, <laughs> 100, 100 million, season. yeah. So you can't, you can't blame it. Blame it for one is one way want. How's
0: uh, Mr. Pagula around the facilities? Is he? Is it a difference? You notice a difference there now, or is it still kind of everything's
2: business? Oh, um, he's been an owner. He's been an owner. Um, he's one to win. That's yeah. the, the biggest thing. Um, he's trying to find out every situation to put us in to to make us get that edge over a team. If it, so he's really one to win. That's what any owner wants to have a winning um, organization
0: all right so obviously sammy had a couple of interesting things to say in that interview there i think the one thing that stood out to me was how he feels that health is really the only thing holding him back from becoming an elite player that can be in that class of the julio jones odell beckham even des bryant
1: do you agree with that i definitely think he is an elite talent like i think he was top five for a reason we saw the talent that he was in college um, his freshman season was spectacular. So there's there's no disputing that he's an elite talent. But yeah, he just he needs to keep on the field. And when he is on the field, we'd love to see him be 100% or close to 100% because you know that that speed that he has. Um, and there's there's a lot of stuff that Sammy does. Like he just he's a natural pass catcher. Like you don't see Sammy drop too much ball. So if he can stay healthy and if he can always be on his game, like that that's really scary. You know, like, I mean, corners, like, they're going to be having nightmares about this guy.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge Sammy Watkins fan. I'll I'll make no bones about it. Um, Seeing what he did to Darrell Revis last year in Week 17, obviously Revis had the destroyed wrist, so he couldn't jam him. That's what everybody was saying, and even Revis said that. But at the same time, his route running and the way he gets off the line and creates separation is just, it's arguably one of the best in the league.
1: For sure. Like, I mean, it's a thing of beauty, right? Because again, with with Sammy, first and foremost, like he has that speed. And then as I mentioned, like some of those things are just innate. Like he just, he just does those things naturally. You know, he's a natural route runner, natural pass catcher. So when you combine those two elements, like it's scary good, you know, how good he can be. Like, I feel like, I mean, you know, sky's the limit for this guy, but again, first it just goes back to health. We got to have him from all 16 games.
0: Yeah, and I found another thing interesting when I talked with him was how uh, I asked him if he was going to be used more like what we saw at the end of the year where they lined him up everywhere because that was something he did a lot in Clemson. All he said was he hope so, but I think that would be the optimal way to use him, don't you? Instead of keeping him restricted to the boundary, line him up everywhere.
1: Definitely, because I mean it, it forces the DBs now again depending on what coverage you're playing. You know, if you're going to play man to man, are you going to go chase him if he's in the slot? You know, are they who's going to cover him in the zone? definitely spread him out he's it opens up uh the amount of opportunities to get him open so definitely it's something he's comfortable with like he's done that at college he did it a bit last season so that's definitely something I'd like to see them try because again just being the creative play play caller that he is I definitely feel like that's something Greg Roman could incorporate if he wanted to so
0: I would definitely agree with all that and I really hope that Greg you know kind of doesn't hold the reins back so much on Sammy this year, and even Robert Woods to a certain extent. I'd love to see him just get more creative with these guys and use them everywhere. Get him in space. Yeah. That's all I really want to see.
1: And again, now with Tyrod, like, you know, last year, okay, he was just getting acclimated to the system. You know, here he is again, second full training camp. You know, he's comfortable. He, you know, by this point, he probably knows all the plays, he knows all the calls, the hot reads, the audibles. So start to open up that playbook more and take advantage of, you know, Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins. Definitely open it up more.
0: Yeah, both these guys have awesome ball skills in one-on-one situations too, so. For sure. You know, I know they like to throw the ball deep, but you can even get them on some intermediate routes where they're going to create separation and all they need is a little window. And these guys are both hand catchers. Which makes it even better, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. They don't drop a lot of balls.
1: No, not at all. And definitely, um, I feel like that's something that the Bills are going to try to incorporate a little bit more this season because a big emphasis with Tyrod so far at training camp has been throwing those intermediate routes, throwing it across the middle, and he's been hitting them at a decent rate. So,
0: yep, that and even I've noticed a lot more. They're throwing a lot more uh, back shoulder, back shoulder balls. Yep. If he can hit those, that timing is beautiful. We see guys like Aaron Rodgers do that all the time. I know. Comparing Tyrod Taylor to Aaron Rodgers is obviously a gigantic stretch. <laughs> but the whole premise here is that when, when those passes work, you can't defend them. Yeah. Because when the receiver breaks, the ball's already there.
1: Exactly. And, again, with Sammy Watkins, like, he's not going to drop a lot of balls. So, you, no, sir. you give him that, like, that's a gift in the red zone. You know, it's a slam dunk. Yeah.
0: It should be, like, six every time. I mean, if any Dalton can figure it out with A.J. Green, yep. I don't see why Tyrod Taylor can't figure it out with Sammy Watkins.
1: Definitely agree with that one.
0: The wide receivers group as a whole, even the running backs, I know we touched a bit about this earlier, how we're kind of concerned about the skills position but not overly concerned. Is there any resolution to kind of fixing the problems they have now? Is there anybody on the roster that can, you know, make you not worried? Because they are a bit thin.
1: Um, Like, there's not nobody that just jumps off and I'd say, like, I'm not worried. Because, again, even, too, with the depth at wide receiver, like, you know, we're talking about Dez Lewis. Dez Lewis is a guy who hasn't really played at all. Greg Little's been somewhat of a journeyman, you know, picked relatively high, hasn't really stuck. So when it comes to the offense, I don't think there's anybody that doesn't make me worry at all. I don't think I can comfortably say that. So,
0: What about Greg Salas? Maybe him sliding in. He's a veteran. He's pretty crafty. He may not be the flashiest guy, but...
1: He's dependable. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. He's dependable. He's a guy who's who's been around here, um, possession guy. He's definitely going to do his job. He understands his role. So if I had to have confidence in any of those secondary receivers, I'd uh, probably go with Salas, yeah, over the rest of the guys.
0: What about a guy like, man, we already touched on the running back position. That's the thing. And I feel like we both we both agree that it's, it's okay, but there's a huge opportunity there for everyone to take it.
1: Yeah, because for sure, too. Because, again, um, you know, even with that, you know, being pegged behind LaShawn McCoy, you know, right now Bush is penciled in. But as we mentioned, you know, with Bush, like we kind of have our concerns in terms of health. Like he's not necessarily a guy that we think will be available every Sunday. So definitely there's a huge opportunity for somebody who wants to step up, whether that be Gilsley, you know, trying to solidify himself in, in this backfield or whether it be one of those sleepers, as I mentioned before, James Wilder Jr. who's really hungry to make this team. You know, he's moved his whole family here. You know, he's Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like he's he's telling people that, you know, Buffalo's going to be it. Buffalo's going to be where I stick, you know, after spending two years on the practice roster in Cincinnati. And then Jonathan Williams, too, is a guy who, you know, got they got with, with some good value. He was uh, drafted in the later rounds, but had he had not been injured in his senior year, He's definitely a guy who would have went a little bit higher in the draft. So,
0: yeah, I think he would have been like around three, four kind of guy.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: He he pounded it in his junior season. Yep. What about a guy like uh, in the receivers here? There's a bit a bit of depth. What about Leonard Hankerson?
1: Um, Leonard Hankerson, he's a vet. He's been around the league. Um, again, just to because again, just trying to change up that dynamic. He's got a little bit more height. Like he's somebody I would again say safely is above. Uh, he's above at least. He's at least six one. You know, and above. So he has that dynamic of height, as we mentioned too, they're bad in the red zone. So again, increasing height increases your opportunities to score, especially down there.
0: What about two speed guys now? Like Kobe Listenby, obviously from TCU, he can he can fly. Yep. And Kane Coulter from Northwestern used to be a quarterback converting over to receiver. He's probably most famous for starting the players' union at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. That's probably what he's most well known for. Yeah. But I think he's another interesting guy. I Might be a bit undersized. Mm-hmm. That's the only issue. Because when you look at the Bills' depth chart here, let's say they carry, what, five receivers, one in the practice roster? Yeah. More than likely, it's going to be Sammy, Robert, Greg Salas, mm, Marquise Goodwin, maybe? Greg Little, and then Desmond Lewis might land on the IR now, depending on what happens with his health yeah. from the injury. That would be six guys right there, and that would mean... Actually, we forgot about Marcus Easley too. He's going to be there because he's a special teams ace. Yeah. So man, yeah,
1: that's going to be tough. Tough for these guys to crack the roster. Actually, I'm looking at now. Even a guy like Jared Boykins there. He's not bad. Yeah, he's another guy too who's been around for a bit. So he's got a little bit more experience on some of the younger guys. But yeah, um, you talked about uh, the kid from Northwestern, uh, Liston B. He is. He's very interesting to me too because uh, he's a track guy. Like he's got track speed. So the only problem is that he can't get on the field right now, you know, and when you can't get on the field, you know, you're giving reps to other guys, so who knows what they have in him, so.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing I kind of kind of wonder about, is if you can't get on the field, and we just know he's fast, <laughs> is he not like a poor man's Marquise Goodwin?
1: Pretty much, you know, <laughs> a little younger bit, a younger version, um, I'm not sure how the speed equates, but, you know, it's, again, they're both track guys, ran track in college, so, but, yeah, man, like you you got to be on the field. you know, you got to get those reps because if you're not getting them, somebody else will, so it really hurts.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't help that he's not healthy right now either at camp, right? No. which could make him more susceptible to being cut. They could reach like a medical severance and part ways.
1: Yeah, for sure, and when your draft is so late, right? He's like a six-round guy. So. Yeah, it's
0: easy to part ways with a guy
1: like that. Exactly.
0: Um, I'm trying to see what else here. If there's anything else that we missed with this receivers, running back group, I feel like we've kind of covered it all now with it. Yeah. Anything else or any players that stand out to you before their first preseason game?
1: Um, Stryker is a kid that um I'm gonna be keeping my eye on on the defense that linebacker. Um he's a kid he's a guy from Oklahoma. He's a bruiser, like he's he's well undersized. Five ten. Um I'm gonna guess he's two thirty five ish, maybe two forty.
0: He's all speed, baby. He's
1: all speed, and he's all heart, right? Like, you saw yep. the emotions um, when he got that phone call after not getting drafted. Um, but, yeah, he definitely is a guy who plays bigger than his size. He wants it bad, and I feel like those are the guys that really appeal to Rex Ryan. You know, Rex loves, you know, football players, guys that play with pure heart, and I definitely think that's, that embodies who Striker is.
0: Yeah, I'm, I love Eric Stryker, except when he played against Bam in the Sugar Bowl and wreaked havoc. <laughs> that was the one time I couldn't stand him. <laughs> yeah. But overall, he's a heck of a player. Watch him, you know, in the past, happy Big 12, you have a chance to rush a passer yeah. almost every down. Sure. He did that better than almost anybody. Yeah. Maybe maybe Miles Garrett was the only guy he wasn't better than, but Miles Garrett's a freak. Um, I think if Manny Lawson doesn't get healthy in time, it's looking like he will or IK doesn't get his stuff together and he ends up getting cut, yeah. I think Eric Stryker could sneak onto this roster and surprise a lot of people because he's got a, a lot of good pass rushing moves that, although he's undersized, he knows how to get guys off of him. And we'll see if he can translate that from the college level to the NFL level, but I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the preseason game like you just mentioned.
1: For sure. like he just He has to make those hustle plays. And he's going to be one of those guys where I'm sure he's going to get a little bit of looks on special teams. And when he does, yep. like you're going to have to capitalize on that, right? Because that's the difference on with you making the team or not. You know? Because when you're on defense, shine, but also do the extra stuff for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that's where he might be able to make the team, actually, because he's got some pretty good speed. He's got good measurables.
1: Yeah. Um, Another guy, too, like we mentioned before, Kayvon Seymour, he's going to be another guy I'm going to be looking at because, again, just that value. Like, I think he's really surprised people, you know, drafted in the sixth round. Here he is, you know, getting reps uh, with the first team at corner. So and he's a little bit bigger um, when it comes to corners, if I'm not mistaken. He's a little bit bigger um, in terms of his physique. So he's definitely going to be somebody that I keep my eye on, too, on the defense in the secondary
0: yeah, I think he might be able to earn himself a spot on the boundaries, like a backup to Ronald Darby yeah. or even Stefan Gilmore. Like he's obviously not going to play over either of those guys, no. but you know, holding a backup spot isn't a bad thing. I know what USC guys would always uh, kind of poke fun at him because he lacked interceptions yeah. and it just seemed like he couldn't he couldn't get one. Yeah. He couldn't pull one in. Yeah, and then he was able to get one here and there. So yeah. maybe you know his ball hawk skills will pay off in Buffalo a little bit. Hopefully, I think on that note, though, we covered. Pretty much everything leading up to uh, their first preseason game against the Indianapolis Colts. Same time next week?
1: Same time next week, buddy.
0: We'll be running this all the way through. Throughout the Bills season, it'll be a lot of fun. If you like what you're hearing, you can reach out to the show on Twitter or Facebook, at Tip of the Tower. You can reach out to myself on Twitter, at Chris O'Kranitz. You can reach Tristan on Twitter, at Tristan J. Garnett. If you like what you're hearing again, subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud at Tip of the Tower. And thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the first preseason game of the Bills. Let's uh, let's have a good season, guys. Yep. See you next week, guys.